Welcome back to another episode of Inside Illini Football on a cold, chilly, snowy, not snowing right now, eh, little flurries as we record this on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, across the table from me in a salmon-colored polo shirt. Are we going with that? Is that salmon? It's pink. It's pink. <laughs> Fair enough. It's all right. Uh, Scott Ritchie, who's, uh, thinking of Las Vegas right now, aren't you? Yes. What's the weather this weekend supposed to be in Sin City? Uh, not like super warm. Like 72? No, like 60 something. Oh, wow, man. Get out the wind chill advisories <laughs> and, uh, uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll feel much warmer just based on how cold it's gotten here. That so. is true. Will I be happy to be in Las Vegas? In 60 degree weather as opposed to Ann Arbor and whatever it's going to be weather, yes. Hey, I already talked with Bob Osmussen about it this week. You're going to see uh, Reggie Love the third touchdown dive in the fourth quarter to complete an epic comeback. It's going to be just like 1999 all over again on Saturday. Well, I think the real concerning part of that is you've got Reggie Love in a pivotal moment <laughs> carrying the ball. Um just going off the fact that, that Chase Brown may or may not play. You're you're the beat writer, Scott. You tell me. Now I sound like all the callers that we can. Yeah. What's going on yeah. with the team? So it's uh, like Brett Bielma's not actually going to tell us. <laughs> uh, he's uh, Chase Brown is quote trending in the right direction. Is he day to day? Sure. Aren't we all? Yeah, I I really am. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think when he got injured at the end of the. Purdue game it looked mm-hmm. bad or not great at least take take me into that play I was freezing my butt off up in Fairbury covering a Unity High School uh, 14 nothing win against Prairie Central in class 3A state quarterfinals so what exactly happened and also why was Saturday's game so long well we'll go with the long part first and um, it was the same I think you might have heard same officiating crew I have. The, from the Indiana game, which I also have. lasted four plus hours. I'm going to blame it, them. It's kind of weird how we only hear about the officials after Illinois loses this year. Sure. It's strange. Um, who would have thunk it? Because same crew did the Wisconsin game. <laughs> Try not to slip that one in there. Um, <laughs> just facts. No, just a lot of penalties. Um, college football games are too long anyway. That is a problem. Like the, t- the TV timeouts are just, they're, it's just, it's just not great. Okay. Um, so that's why it lasted four hours. As for what happened, Chase Brown, I'm not really sure. I was at the complete opposite end of the field. Um, but it was, you know, happened like on this, like at the sidelines or into the Illinois side of the the field there. Um, but I stuck around on the field after the game for him to leave the little tent there that they look at players in the, the medical tent. Um, Whoever invented that is a smart person. Let's be honest. They're, they're so probably, you can't see these. Yeah, they're, you're probably making a bunch of money. I remember when that first popped up in 2016. Lovey Smith's first season, I think it was the opener. I can't remember who got hurt, but you're, that was what you always did in the press box. Is you, when someone got hurt, you looked at them on the sidelines. They usually be on the trainer's table or whatever, and you'd see how they're, how they're progressing and everything. And then this little contraption popped up and... 
again. This was 2016. We're all just like, what the heck is that? And now it's common everywhere. Everybody has it. Everybody has it. And you can sell advertising space on Mm -hmm. it. Um, But so I waited for him to leave the the tent. Uh, His brother was with him the whole time. But uh, Chase walked off the field under his own power, like Mm -hmm. just a slight limp maybe. So Trending in the right direction. Okay. We'll see what that means Saturday at Michigan. Well, uh, we're recording this on a uh, on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Brett Bielema has his weekly radio show on, on Wednesday night. I don't think he's going to just let Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan staff know 100% the status of Chase Brown. It's the gamesmanship that you see in college football. He's set to address reporters here in Champaign on, on Thursday morning like he customarily does throughout the season. Uh, if and when there is some Chase Brown news to share, other than the fact that he's trending in the right direction, even if he says he's trending in the right direction, we'll probably share that as well. Uh, that's that's the that's what we know right now as far as if the nation's leading rusher is going to play this Saturday at Michigan, a game that uh, has lost quite a bit of luster in the last two weeks because Illinois has lost some luster. That's what happens when you lose two straight home games. To start November, like the line I have, first off a 23-15 loss to Michigan State on November 5th. And then this past Saturday, the 31-24 loss to Purdue on a cold, chilly day like we have here right now on, on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, let's go back to the Purdue game first, Scott. Try to sum up what kind of went wrong for Illinois in, in that game. Uh, away from... The penalties. I'm sorry. I'm. I hate it when fans and coaches and players rail against the officials. Sure, let's just get it out of the way. That pass interference call on Devin Witherspoon. That was bad. That was really bad. He had an interception because he had <laughs> both hands <laughs> on the ball. <laughs> so I'm not sure how he's interfering with Charlie Jones. But, but there were also 11 other penalties that Illinois committed that game. Yeah, I mean that was. Those were the calls made, so and it was a, an issue. Was, mm-hmm. There was one. I mean, it was a, a touch, a one touchdown game, one score game. Mm-hmm. There was one Purdue drive where Illinois had two personal, fu- or yeah, two personal fouls and two pass interference calls. That's mm-hmm. what I think it was like fifty or sixty yards, mm-hmm. just given to Purdue. Like you can't do that and expect to win. Um, but some of the, the issues that popped up at Michigan State, the the defense getting exposed a little bit, especially in the, the secondary and the pass game. And, yeah, as and, to, and, and the offensive inconsistency. Sure. And got to credit Purdue's coaches. Must have watched the Michigan State game because they made Payne Durham you know, a primary a target man. of the passing. He's a very big person. Um, but hit Illinois with tight ends and running backs in the passing game. And Michigan State that did that to success. None of them were Daniel Barker, but they did that to success. Um, and Purdue did the same because, you know, Charlie Jones, like they, they literally throw him the ball 12 times a game on average. He obviously caught a, t- caught a touchdown pass, but he wasn't like the guy mm-hmm. that he's yeah. been because Purdue shifted gears. Then offensively, Illinois was just so, I think calling them average is kind on like early downs that got into a lot of third and long situations and didn't convert. Um, it was tougher to convert those. So I think back to like the Nebraska game and the offensive line got so much push up front. Like they just manhandled 
the Huskers and that made things easier offensively. You'd run the ball better. Um, didn't get that kind of push against Purdue. And just running Chase – I mean, Chase Brown's good, but just running him into uh, – eight, nine, ten-man box on first down over and over and over and over and over He only had 23 carries on Saturday. Yeah, all of them, I think, were like... Probably season low from carries for him. Close to it. He's only up to 280 carries this year. Only. Second all-time. Yeah. But, like, they just... It wasn't in a position for him to succeed because you're just running him into a mess of people. Like, just curious. And... It's funny, like, the Illinois offense, at the end of these last two games, like, they've put together these drives where it's just moving the ball and throwing it downfield and, like, two-minute offense at its finest. It's like, I don't know, try that in the second quarter. <laughs> like, it have a sense of urgency mm-hmm. occasionally. Because yeah. um, the, the offense is kind of set up to do that. I mean, you know. I just don't understand sometimes. But, you know, I'm not being paid $675,000 to be a coordinator, so what do I know? A lot more money coming Barry Lenny's way, too, in, in the future after he got a contract extension before the, the loss to Purdue. And Ryan Walters as well Talk seems like a possible another extension is coming his way, who is also, by the fact, a uh, a nominee for the Broyles Award uh, given out to the the nation's top uh, assistant coach. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Illinois' defense fell all the way to number two nationally <laughs> after two, I mean, pretty bad games. So, like, the the level of, of expectation is much, much higher defensively than it ever was under Lovey Smith. That, that is, yes, that is 100%, uh, 100% true. Uh, what's the... What's the vibe around the players? I know you only get a limited amount of time with them after games, and you don't get to pick who you get to talk to, and uh, just what's kind of the mood, the vibe like around talk from talking to the players not only after the Purdue game, but also earlier this week, and and Brett Bielema and and his assistant coaches as well. Well, after the game, just kind of anger, yes, because uh, yeah, they talk a lot about this is from the top down, you know, it was just. One, this is sort of paraphrasing, one game at a time, control what you can control. Oh, wait, that might be a crossover in basketball. <laughs> Do job your crossover. job. Um, but, no, it's they're very sort of – Brett Bielma's very single-minded in his focus, and that has made this team very single-minded in his focus. But I think they realized what they let slip through their hands mm-hmm. the last two weeks because could have clinched the Big Ten West if they beat Michigan State and Purdue at home. Mm-hmm. Instead, they don't have, like, the third best odds to win the division, um, need help from other teams. Like, even if they win out, that doesn't guarantee uh, a division win. So there's just some frustration there that, like, they knew what they had lost out on, potentially. Um, and the fact that, like, they played pretty good football for the six games before that that they all that they won. And that's at the level of expectation in their mind. And I think they're under, very understanding like they didn't meet that mm-hmm. on uh, any phase of the game. Yeah, we're looking at a four-way tie right now for uh, first place in the Big Ten West. You've got Illinois, 
Minnesota, Purdue, and Iowa. Somehow Iowa still still could play Ohio State or Michigan in the Big Ten championship game. Just let that let that sink Brian in for Ferris a second. Saving his job. Hey, they're up to 130th in total offense in the country this week. <laughs> uh, they're all sitting at four and three. Uh, not all the the most that can be tied for first. Well. It's three teams. Depends on the outcomes, obviously, this week. But uh, Iowa plays Minnesota in Minneapolis this Saturday, so at least one of those teams is going to get the fifth, a fifth league win. Illinois goes to Michigan. We'll get into that game here in a little bit. Purdue's probably got the easiest path to get to six and three and, and win out. They they host Northwestern, a one and nine Northwestern team that, shockingly, if they lose on Saturday, be the first. 10 lost season in Pat Fitzgerald's tenure in Evanston. Wow. Also, fun fact, have not won in the United States this that year. That is true. 0-9 in the continental U.S. or in North America uh, after beating Nebraska and Scott Frost giving that game away in Dublin. Uh, I guess he really didn't want to be the Nebraska coach after all. Um, Purdue's got Northwestern this Saturday, then at Indiana the following Saturday. Minnesota's got... Iowa this week, then Wisconsin, pretty difficult. Illinois got Michigan, very difficult this Saturday, then at Northwestern. And then Iowa's got Minnesota this week, and then they uh, host Nebraska next Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So, Scott, now that I just broke down all four of those teams, who's winning the Big Ten West when it's all said and done, when we're sitting in this podcast studio the week after Thanksgiving are you going to be getting ready for a trip to Indianapolis later that week for the Big Ten Championship game no <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't think so I think it's Purdue okay because they, all they have to do is beat two crummy teams mm-hmm. and um, pretty sure they can do it the Northwestern very bad at football um, and Indiana uh, not e- much better. Equally, we're going to be real honest. Uh, so they obviously have the easiest path. And I mean, Illinois really needs to win out. And they play Michigan on Saturday. And it's just not going to happen. All right. Well, can Illinois pull off a stunner at the big house on Saturday in Ann Arbor? We'll discuss more right after these messages. All right, Scott, so let's get right back to it. What does Illinois have to do in order to hand Michigan its first loss, derail any hopes and dreams of another college football playoff, another Big Ten title for Jim Harbaugh's program this Saturday when it kicks off at 11 a.m. at Michigan Stadium? Um, Hope like Blake Corum and J.J. McCarthy and... Mozzie Smith, uh, like they all get lost <laughs> on the way to the stadium. They get lost in the tunnel. <laughs> it's a tricky place. <laughs> it is. It um, is. No, I don't. It's. I mean, there's a reason Michigan's the number three team in the country. Mm-hmm. Like they're really good, and I'm not sure Illinois has ever been really good this year. Like they were good. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they won a lot of games in a row, but have to take into account the state of the Big Ten and the non-conference schedule, 
when you look at what Illinois did, I was like, oh, yeah, that none of these teams are maybe what they were anticipated to be. Um, I mean, the defense is going to have to be better against the run. Like, Michigan State and Purdue had some success running mm-hmm. the ball. Really, the first teams to do that. Blake Corum is better than uh, Jalen, Jalen Berger. Berger and Devin Mockaby. Uh, much, much, much better. Uh, I think Michigan's offensive line is better mm-hmm. than you know, either Michigan State or, or Purdue's. Um, interesting to see how Michigan uses J.J. McCarthy because I think it's like wrap him in bubble wrap so he's okay and ready you know, for the Ohio State game. So maybe maybe it's the the trap game of all is trap it, games. Uh, yeah, I mean that was the you know talk back in the preseason is that oh maybe Illinois can go into the big house and pull a fast one on Michigan. But I think right now there's there's too much at stake for Michigan to and can't, to, Michigan can't afford to lose any game. No, they can't, and, and you can't overlook. And it's not like it's not like Illinois is coming into the yes they are coming into this game on a two game losing streak, but they're still seven and three overall. They just fell out of the top twenty five. Jim Harbaugh and his staff are going to hammer that home this week. That this isn't, this isn't you know a three and seven Illinois team with nothing to play for. Brett Bielema's program still does have quite a bit to play for with the chance to get to a Big Ten championship game, chance to improve their bowl stock, a uh, chance to end this uh, two game losing skin, a chance to win at Michigan Stadium, which is something that rarely happens for Illinois. Yeah, it's going to take a lot. And offensively for Illinois, like if Chase Brown can't go. That's the kiss of death because the offense just hasn't shown much um, without him in the backfield. Uh, Reggie Love has had some moments. Uh, Chase Hayden really has not. Josh McCray may or may not play. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, Brad Bielma said the other sort of talked about because it's getting to the point where you talk, maybe talk about redshirting. Josh McCray because mm-hmm. he hasn't, you know, hit that. So what played in two games? Three, three. Okay. Uh, so you can play in one more, still preserve the red shirt for yeah. future. But Brett, we'll talk about that. I was like, his discussion with Josh was like, he doesn't. He sees Josh is good enough that he wouldn't be here you know, for a red shirt year necessarily. So he's not. I mean, unless that's just how it plays out. If he can go, he'll go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he's missed the whole year essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, what's he? going to give um, or be able to give they need Chase Brown and even with if Chase Brown is fine and just does Chase Brown things like mm-hmm. what do you need more from Tommy DeVito I, mean, I don't know if it's Tommy DeVito or Barry Lunny but like just like I don't know throw the ball more than five yards downfield okay. like occasionally because mm-hmm. otherwise you know Teams can get away with stacking the box because if it's just going to be short routes, they're going to be in the neighborhood anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you just, there has to be some kind of vertical threat. And Brian Hightower, you know, Pat Bryant's in concussion protocol, so I, mean, he, I don't know if he, well, he'll be available. Hightower had a good game against Purdue. Yeah, I mean, Casey Washington mm-hmm. got good hands. Like they can go downfield and catch it, but I mean, it's not, that's not like a huge part of the offense, Barry Lane's offense, but it has to be a part, I think. Just to be a wrinkle, a little something different, but uh, steep hill to climb to pull the Rocky Harvey and get the upset against Michigan. 
steep hill for you to climb with these trivia questions coming up. Steepest hill on the Illinois-Michigan football series. How many times have these two teams met on the field going into Saturday's game? All right, so Michigan's one of the OGs. <laughs> Let's go with, like, 84. <laughs> 96 times. It's closer than I am usually. Who leads the overall series? I'm going to say Michigan. All right, there you go. You're one for two. Yeah. What's the series lead? So 94 games? Let's go. 96 games. 96 games. Uh, 60 to 36? 71, 23, and 2. Okay. I should have probably been a little... More aggressive on the Michigan side of that. <laughs> what year was the first year they met? And uh, where? It's uh, not Champaign or Ann Arbor. Cool. Um, <laughs> in the, it's like 1894. Ooh, 1898. That was Chicago. Detroit. Ah, ha. That's going to be one of those two. <laughs> 12-5 Michigan victory in 1898 in, 12, in Detroit. <laughs> Um, Field goal and a safety. That is true. All right. Since Illinois and Michigan hardly play each other anymore, when's the last time Illinois played in Ann Arbor? You should get this, hopefully. Um, I don't know if I, like, was it 15? Eh. 14? Eh. 13? 2016. 16. Who was the starting quarterback for Illinois that, that game? That I do remember. It was Jeff George Jr. Was, made his first ever start. And he didn't complete a pass until the fourth quarter. Got Illinois got shellacked, forty-one to eight. Uh, Can't blame Jeff George Jr. on that one. No, no, not at all. Running for his life, pretty much. Twenty sixteen. Okay. All right. In our lifetime, Scotty, we're products of the mid nineteen eighties. We had no control over that. Just want to point that out for Bob Osmus and then fellow thinkers like that that be like man why can't you don't you remember any of this no i wasn't born yet bob um in our lifetime so i was born 86 you were born 87 correct how many times has illinois won at michigan stadium at michigan stadium twice Uh, three times i'm i'm close (laughs) i'm taking these as moral victories they uh, they tied in 92, 22-22. 1993, won 24-21. Johnny Johnson had that infamous, famous touchdown pass late to pull out a win. 99, 35-29, the Rocky Harvey second-half comeback. We'll have more on that uh, in Saturday's news because that Bob Osmussen caught up with uh, Josh Whitman, Illinois AD, who was... Involved in that game heavily as an Illinois tight end. And then uh, 2008, Juice Williams ran all over Rich Rod and the Wolverines, 45-20. Since then, they have lost three straight in Ann Arbor, including the high-scoring 67-65 triple overtime game in 2010. And then a 45-0 loss in 2012, and then a 48 Forty-one to eight loss in twenty sixteen. Have not been back to Ann Arbor since twenty sixteen. That just doesn't. I know the Big Ten's making a huge chunk of change with 
their Big Ten expansion and everything. But the fact that Illinois hasn't played at Michigan since 2016 is absurd. Yeah. Illinois, I mean, Illinois probably doesn't mind. No, exactly. But still. And who knows what it's going to look like in two years when there's... When the pods come out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What, What, okay... Completely off topic now that you brought up. What does the Big Ten do? What what should they do as far as future scheduling when USC and UCLA join in a couple of years? Well, so that gets them to 16 teams. Then I think they should just add eight more. Go full-on mega conference, 24 teams. So I have four six-team divisions. Okay. And You're going to have the Legends leaders in East-West? No. <laughs> Probably just stick with geographic names. You have the West. West. Uh, uh, Midwest. Midwest. Uh, east and n- South. Northeast and Southeast. Okay. Well, I, have, I have this whole plan if Kevin Warren like wants to <laughs> talk it over. Or who do you add to the Big Ten then to get to 2014? Well, because it looks like the University of California system is going to make the Big Ten take Cal. Okay. Because there's kind of uh, having a bit of a snit over UCLA just sort of unilaterally being like deuces. <laughs> uh, so I think you have to take Cal and Stanford. Okay, you're up to 18. Oregon and Washington. 20. So that gives you your six teams out west. Okay, fair perfect, enough. There perfect division. There you go. Maybe call it the Pac-6. <laughs> six, um, six pack. <laughs> yeah. And then, so the four other, like four more additions, you go, I mean, like go to Notre Dame and be like, yes. it's over, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Time to join a conference. Um, and then Duke, North Carolina, Virginia. All right. Yeah. I could Not going to move the needle on football necessarily, yeah. but shout out to basketball. That's bold. There you go. Mega, the the big 24. All right. I didn't expect. I mean, I don't, I don't know what pods are going to look like with 16 teams. I think it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Somehow they have to. I don't think you can, like, keep all of the rivalries and also keep the scheduling sort of balanced because I mean it's not balanced now because mm-hmm. the East has just been better every year mm-hmm. um, but I don't know it's not my problem <laughs> and that way whatever Kevin Warren and his and his people decide like I can just criticize it if I don't like it back to Saturday's game in Ann Arbor who wins What's the score? Michigan wins, and the score, let's go with, like, 34 to 14. All right. I uh, I already made my pick, wrote it on the page. It's going to be in Thursday's News Gazette, our Big Ten football page. Uh, I've got a similar line, but I've got Michigan 30, Illinois 10. Although, and again... I know everyone's expecting Michigan to hand it to the Illini. And, again, it's kind of a small sample size since Brett Bielma's only in his second season. But even the losses he's had in Big Ten games, granted, I think it's safe to say Illinois hasn't played a team as talented as Michigan going into Saturday. They've all been close games. Yeah. Even the losses. I mean, all three losses this year. I've been by a touchdown or less. By touchdown or less. Last season, Maryland by three points. Purdue, four points. 
because Illinois should have won yes. both those games. Yes. Uh, Virginia, that was the real. Big Ten, though. Big Ten. Yeah. Big well, Ten. I was just thinking. Who else did they lose to last year in the Big Ten? That's a good question. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay, Wisconsin. That was bad. 24 nothing homecoming shutout. Okay. Yeah. I digress a little bit. But still, I don't, for remember, the mo- I don't remember. The either. majority of his. The majority of the losses for Illinois in Big Ten play under Brett Beal have been relatively close. I don't think that's going to happen on Saturday, though. Yeah. And, like, I mean, Michigan playing for some style points, too. Yes. But I, I don't know if they've got, like, the team for style points. They have the team to beat you. Mm-hmm. But they haven't, like, done what Ohio State's done and just turned it on. Well, and, and plus, and, and again, yes, Michigan can try to do that, but the biggest style points that Michigan – will make in the next two weeks is beating Illinois and then beating Ohio State. That probably counts for quite a bit. Yes, exactly. All right, Scott, it's snowing here. Your mind is on Vegas, which you'll be at in about two thirty hours or so. Roughly. Okay. I, I like to I like to think about it like that. All right. Well you got a lot to write ahead of your yeah. departure. So we'll let you get back to it. Uh thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Inside Illini Football, and we'll be back next week for another episode. Have a good week, everyone.